Hey there, it's Janie Porter, and this is She Just Glows, the podcast. I'm gonna help you find joy and purpose in your life just as it is today. Not tomorrow, not when life is perfect, not when you win a million dollars or your kids finally stop peeing on the seat, but right now. I'm a life coach, a writer, a wife, and a mom of four. And just like you, I spend my days fighting through the pressure to be thin, happy, and have the perfect house and the perfect life. But here's the thing, I've never found perfection. What I have found is that it's so much better to just be real. So grab a cup of coffee and join me like you would a girlfriend. We'll talk mom life, body image, letting go of the lie of perfection, and learning to thrive in the chaos of our world today. You've got your own life coach in your back pocket now. This is She Just Glows, the podcast. Okay, this one was a tough one. I'm here with sickening feelings in my stomach. I don't want to do this episode, but I'm going to do this episode. I'm going to rip the Band-Aid off and just dive in. This is not a story I'm looking forward to sharing with you. Um, it's a ballsy title for one. I mean, can you be arrested for something like this later? I mean, gosh, in our world today, I don't know, you know? Um, look guys, I'm going to be real with you because I can't promise you much here on She Just Glows the podcast, but I will promise you I will always be real and that's what I do. And I share things with you that are tough and part of the reason I do that is so that you know you're not alone. So today I want to share a dirty, dirty, disgusting confession with you. I'm going to share my most horrifying parenting mistakes, like huge huge mistakes, my top five. And when I say huge, that's why I included in the title, I drove drunk with my children in the car. And that's disgusting. And I'm ashamed of it. Can't believe I'm sharing this right now. The reason I want to share my huge mistakes with you is to also share with you that that doesn't have to be the end of the story. That you can forgive yourself for making huge illegal, monumental, disgusting, and shameful mistakes. I have a four-step formula I'm going to share with you today for forgiving yourself for huge mistakes, no matter what they are, including the exact script for apologizing to your kids and an exercise I like to do where you listen to your remorse and that helps you let go of the guilt. And speaking of guilt and shame, they are so different. And I'll get into that in this episode too. One of them is actually really useful. The other one is trash. So I'll get to all of that in this episode today. But first, I wanted to celebrate Teresa. She's a listener and she just celebrated one year alcohol free. I wanted to share what she sent to me in a DM. She said, getting sober was by far the best thing I could have ever done for myself and the greatest gift I will ever give my family. They now have a wife and mommy who is patient, vibrant, and always present. I no longer suffer from the guilt and shame of choosing a drink over them. It will always be them now. Getting sober has given me so much more than alcohol ever could. My only regret is not doing this earlier. I love that, Teresa. Congratulations on an entire year without alcohol. That seems so unthinkable to those of us who love drinking, like me. But I haven't drank in about 13 months myself. And my why, honestly, really wasn't my kids. 
it was me. I was tired of feeling like crap. And I share more about that in episodes two and three of this podcast if you're interested. This podcast isn't really about why I stopped drinking. And before I get into any of this, I want to let you know that I will never tell you here that drinking is bad or that you're bad if you drink. That is not what I'm about. I'm simply sharing my story and how my life is so much better since I decided to take a pause from alcohol. I've never said it was permanent. I've never said forever. But today I can tell you my life is so much better without alcohol. So alcohol is involved in just one of my top five huge mothering mistakes. I have so many, but I'm going to give you my top five rundown. And then I'm going to get into what to do with your huge mistakes, where to go from here, and how to keep learning and growing instead of just sitting in that mud pit, that pigsty of shame and just letting that be your identity. That's not your identity. You're so much better than your mistakes. And I'm going to walk you through all of this in this episode. Okay, so my top five worst mothering mistakes. I'm going to start with number five. I lost my son in our home. I called 911 screaming and crying. I went to all my neighbors' houses. I, everyone was outside. So what happened was um, I have a kid who, he's a wanderer. And a couple summers ago, I couldn't find him. I searched the entire house. I was screaming his name. It was in the middle of the day. I went through his room three times. I went to the mangroves. We live near the water in Florida. We have a pool. There are so many places he could have gone. I ended up just becoming hysterical. I went and knocked on my neighbor's doors. Everyone was in the street looking for him. And when I called 911, I started screaming and crying hysterically. Something about when they ask the child's name and their height, just I, I unleashed the tears. Well, guys, let me tell you, the cops showed up. The child was in his bed. Now, of course, I checked his bed. I walked in his room three times, but he was in the tiniest corner of his comforter. It, if you had seen it, you never would have even thought a kid was in there. I mean, it wasn't even, there was no lump in the comforter. It looked like nothing was there. I didn't even think to pick it up. So, so that was a traumatic mothering moment. Just straight up lost my kid. And I have a few others like that too. My top four worst parenting mistake was I forgot my daughter in the car. Um, this was recently, guys. This was about six months ago. My daughter was four and we got to the park and, you know, I have a Suburban. It's a big car. I have four kids. Everyone just started piling out. You know, I don't count them when they come out. I just assume they're all coming out. So then I got out of the car and I locked the car and then I walked far away at the park. Well, through the time that I was talking with my friends at the park, my car's alarm kept going off. And I thought, what is going on? And I would just lock it again and go back to talking. Well, it turns out I got back to my car and I realized my daughter was inside so frightened. She could see me talking and it was a hot day and the sweat was pouring down her face. All her hair was wet. It was so careless and it was just a regular afternoon at the park. I felt horrible, horrible. 
And it was an honest mistake. In fact, after this happened, it, it, was, it was about six months ago, and I was talking to my friends at the park, just thinking, how could I have done this? What happened? You know, all the shame was washing over me. It was in that day that I decided I'm going to do a podcast on this because everyone at the park had a story to share. Everyone had a story to share of how they'd messed up horribly, horribly. And so I wanted to share some of these awful stories with you so that you know you're not alone if you've really screwed it up some days and how to get out of that. But I'll never forget her face when I came back to get her. Ugh, it's gut-wrenching to even remember. The cops were called another time. This is number three. I took my kids to the produce market. This is when I had, I think, two sons. So they were like four and two. We went to this produce market where I could see them from the produce market if they were in the car. I even remember I bought, I bought Lunchables that day. I was planning to leave them in the car. It was like 72 degrees out. And the produce market has very narrow aisles. So like many of those... Um, errands as a mom of young kids some of them you just dread like one of them is the dry cleaners why am I going to get my kids out of the car for a five minute errand you know where they are going to ravage the dry cleaners or the post office sitting in that line for one minute and then you know um getting getting the kids in and out of the car for for nothing and all the car seats and all that. So anyway, I planned to leave my kids in the car when I went into the produce market. The windows were down. I they had lunchables and I was going to be in in like a, you know, 8 or 10 minute errand inside. Well, of course, my grand plan um was a little messed up because <laughs> I got to the produce market and the windows were covered with like they had put something on the windows like a what's it called, like a, a decal or, you know, when, they, when they'll put like painting on the windows, like telling the prices of the produce. But I had been going there for a couple years and it was always just clear windows. You could always see out to the car. So I said, well, it's okay. I'm going to stick with my plan, run in real quick and get my produce. Well, by the time I got back outside, there was a police officer at my car. And I felt the shame. I felt the heaviness of someone had called the cops on me because they thought my kids were unsafe. It was so unexpected. I could barely speak to this very understanding female police officer. She didn't judge me. I remember asking if she had kids because if she did, she'd understand why I didn't want to bring them in for this quick errand and I could see them, except I couldn't really see them that day. I basically cried my way out of being ticketed and it was a very traumatic experience as a young mom. I actually wrote a post about it. It's up right now on shejustglows.com if you're interested in reading it. I think it's called The Day I Left My Kids in the Car. Oh, here's another one, guys. Another kid forgotten in the car. <clears throat> this is a crazy story. So this was also recently. We had gone out as a family for my 40th birthday. We went to Fleming's. My husband and I don't drink, so it's not like we were buzzed or anything like that when we got home. We rolled into the driveway around like 9 o'clock or something, kind of late on a school night. And the kids had mostly fallen asleep on the way home. And so we started piling out of the car and a few kids got out. I went upstairs and brought up all the flowers my husband had gotten me for dinner. And then I went back down and we sort of roused another kid out of the car and I'd bring up more presents or whatever, whatever was in the car. 
And on my husband's last trip down, he saw our son sit up from the back seat, our six-year-old, and he said, okay, Kendall, it's time to get out, time to come inside. And by the time he came back down um, for his actual last and final trip to the Suburban to make sure nothing was left in the back, uh, my husband didn't see that head pop up out of the back of the Suburban. So we locked the car, we went to bed. Two in the morning, we hear a screaming and a thumping on our back door. Our child had been locked in the car, asleep, woke up in the middle of the night, locked into our car, went to the front door, no one answered it, went to the back pool stairs door, which is a very scary pitch black staircase up the back of our house and banged on that door until I heard him and woke up. Thank God I did. He was terrified and we felt horrible. Obviously. I mean, imagine how scary that must be as a child. But again, guys, it was an honest mistake. Well, you know what my number one worst mistake is, and it's going to be a hard one to remember. I didn't expect to get so emotional, but it's a horrible story that I'm very ashamed of. It was January of 2020. I had a great day. I worked out that day. I had, I remember I'd eaten really healthy. I hadn't eaten much that day. It'd been a busy, great day. It was a gorgeous January afternoon here in Florida. And a friend of mine, who's a member of the local resort, texted me and said, hey, I'm here at the resort. Come join us. Come have some drinks. Well, of course, you know, I love drinking and I love my friend and I love being outside. And I said, great. So I okayed it with my husband. We were about to spend family time together that late afternoon evening. And he said, yeah, go for it. I brought a few of the kids. We sat outside on this patio and, you know, the drinks were flowing. It wasn't anything crazy. I think I had three drinks, which for me really wasn't that much. Usually I drink much more than that which is why I've taken a pause from drinking because I don't ever just have one. So I had about three drinks over the course of probably three hours or so. Um, but at this resort, the drinks are strong. I was ordering my very favorite Tito's and club soda with lemon, which is always my favorite drink when I'm drinking. Now I've just subbed that. I just get club soda with lemon and I don't have to suffer any of the shameful negative consequences of my drinking as I'll explain in the story I'm about to share. So I hadn't set out to like get crazy or anything. I brought my kids with me. It was outside. My friend's kids were there. Um, it was during the day, late afternoon. But things got away from me. And during the conversation, I felt totally great. And then it was time to go. And I remember as I stood up, I was like, whoa. I suddenly just really felt that it was even hard to stand up. It was so weird, because I don't get like that. I handle my alcohol, you know? I'm, I'm one of those people, like, I can handle a lot, at least when I was drinking, that, that was me. And I remember thinking, shit, okay. I grabbed my keys, I'm like, well, I better get home quick. And the drive home is mostly through neighborhoods, and that doesn't make it any better, but that was my reasoning at the time. Um, 
By the time I stood up and was trying to walk to my car and gather my kids, I remember my words were kind of slurring. And I remember not really having a reasonable, irrational thought because, you know, the ethanol had already gotten hold of my brain. I was not about to say, no, I, I think I'm too intoxicated to drive. It wasn't like I was thinking, I'm drunk, but I need to get home. I was just thinking, I just need to go. Um, so that's what I did. I remember putting my daughter in her car seat and my other two sons that were with me got in the car. Our third son stayed back with my husband at home for some reason. And um, somehow I made it home. I didn't get pulled over. I didn't run into anything. Nobody died. When I pulled into the garage, I got my stuff out of the car and I remember walking up our front stairs and I kind of stumbled. Like, I was like, whoa, I'm really messed up. And I didn't set out to do that. I didn't plan to do that. I didn't think, oh, I need to get my kids home. I can't call my husband. I, I have to just drive this way. I, it wasn't a rational thought. It just, it happened because I had overdrank. My husband, um, bless his heart, wasn't drinking by then. Actually, he was still drinking then, but that night he wasn't drinking. He stopped in March of 2020. I stopped in March of 2021. Anyway, I got home and my husband, to his credit, never ever shamed me for my drinking, even when he wasn't drinking and I was. Anyway, so I got home and I remember just saying to him, I need to go to bed. Um, and he understood what that meant. And... When I woke up in the middle of the night that night, I remember thinking, what the fuck was I doing driving? <laughs> and as you can tell, I have a lot of shame around this story. Um, it's inexcusable <laughs> and it's painful to remember. And it's a huge, huge mistake. <laughs> It's a huge mistake, huge mistake. I remember the next morning, I texted my friends saying, I can't believe I drove home. I just can't believe I did that. I'm so ashamed of myself. And that morning I could not find my keys. And I'm a person, I don't lose anything. I don't lose anything ever. Like I have, I have designer sunglasses that I bought in like 2009. <laughs> like I just keep everything. I know where everything is at all times. I had left my keys in my car. And if you know me, that means something was really, really wrong. So these are huge mistakes. Huge, huge, inexcusable arrestable, horrible mistakes. With every podcast episode, I share a corresponding post on SheJustGlows.com. And as I wrote these notes yesterday for what I'm sharing today, I 
was trying to find a picture. What, what kind of picture am I going to put next to the post of I drove drunk with my kids? Forgiving yourself for making huge mistakes. What kind of, what kind of freaking picture are you going to put next to that? I didn't want to put a picture of my face. I didn't want to put a picture of my children. For some reason, it occurred to me to check, to check my photo roll from that day when I decided to overdrink and then drive with my children in the car. I wondered if I had taken any pictures that day at the resort. I took one. I found it yesterday. And I'll keep it to myself, but it was my daughter. I think she was like two or three at the time, and she was just playing. She put something silly on her head, and I took a picture of it while I was drinking with my friend. With all the best intentions, I wasn't planning to be a woman who drove drunk home with her kids. Um, I was just planning to have some fun in the afternoon with my friends and with my kids. But as I looked at that picture yesterday of my innocent child, knowing what is this a therapy session or a podcast <laughs> sorry guys wasn't planning on getting so emotional but when we feel shame about things that we've done the tears flow don't they just knowing that I'd put that beautiful face in her car seat and driven home when I had no business doing that it sickens me to my core So, it took me a couple more months before I decided I needed to stop drinking. Actually, no, it took me a year and a couple months before I decided I wanted to take a break from drinking. That wasn't even the last straw for me, <laughs> okay? So if you know you've messed up or you know things are happening in your life that shouldn't be, I understand. I decided about 14 months later to take a break from drinking. And I remember speaking on the phone with my alcohol-free coach who I'd hired for 12 weeks to help me in the beginning. And I remember just sobbing uncontrollably. Something took over my body when I was telling her the story and how I don't feel I can ever forgive myself for what I did. I just feel that I can never forgive myself for doing that. And she said something I'll never forget. She said, changed behavior is the best apology. I can apologize to my children someday. I mean, heck, I'm putting this out there. There's a chance they'll see this story someday, which is scary too. But it's the truth. And something about sharing the truth frees you from the guilt. A little bit, a little bit. Frees you from the shame. Shame is when it's a secret, right? Changed behavior is the best apology. And that's one of the four ways I have learned to forgive myself for huge mistakes that I've made. And you know I've made them. 
and I'm just telling you the parenting mistakes I've made. The horrible, horrible judgment calls that were just completely unacceptable. Marriage, work, friendships. I don't know you personally, but I know that you're human too. And if you are human, I can guarantee you have totally screwed up at something. Maybe you've also driven drunk when your children were in the car or when someone you love was in the car. Maybe you got bored in your marriage and you looked elsewhere and you carry a burden of shame for that. Maybe you ghosted that good friend and it was wrong. Maybe she highlighted what you hate in your own life and it it was the wrong thing to do and you feel sick to your stomach every time you think about it. Maybe you lied to get ahead at work and it was just a little white lie, but it, it doesn't feel white now, does it? feels heavy and dark, dark gray, the darkest gray possible because you know it was wrong and that's not who you are. Maybe you called the cops or had the cops called on you for something. And now that's your deep, dark secret that you will never share. You know what? I haven't even told you all my stories. I have another story to share. Not ready to share it yet, but maybe I will someday. We all have something that we are deeply ashamed of, guys. You all have something, I have something that I think in my mind is totally inexcusable. And now I have to sit in it. Is that how you feel? Like I said, you're sitting in the mud. It's dirty, disgusting. You should go take a bath, but you're just sitting in the mud because you deserve to be here. You deserve to feel guilt and shame. And that's the end of the story. This is true justice. You deserve to feel broken by what you've done. No, you don't. You don't deserve that. So if I can begin the process toward forgiving myself for huge mistakes I've made, you better be assured I'm going to be sharing everything I can with you to help bring you on this path to self-forgiveness. And it's a journey. It's not going to happen today at the end of this clean little episode, this dirty, dark, dirty secrets episode. Oh my gosh. Man, that felt more like a therapy session at the beginning there. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get so emotional. But isn't that what happens when we feel shameful about something? When we finally share it and start to let it go? It's a cleansing. The first way you can forgive yourself for huge mistakes that you've made is choose to learn from the guilt and let go of the shame. So this is what I was talking about at the beginning of the episode. You see, guilt is useful. And I'm going to get to that. Shame is not useful. Guilt says, I did this bad thing. Shame says, I am this bad thing. So I can look back on the night that I decided to drive while highly intoxicated with my kids. No, I don't know if I was legally drunk, but I know I was drunk. I mean, I can tell you I did that bad thing. But I am not that bad thing. That isn't me. 
but I made a huge mistake. But it's not me. It's not part of my identity. I'm not taking it on. It doesn't define me. Guilt says I did this bad thing. Shame says I am this bad thing. There's a difference. Guilt, we learn from. Shame, we shrink from. Guilt is healthy. You know, when your kid hits his sister and then he feels bad about it, that's a good thing. It shows that he has a moral compass that he's listening to. Guilt is there for a reason. We can learn from it. Shame does not allow us to grow. Shame keeps us stunted in believing that this horrible mistake that we made defines us. And your huge mistake is not the end of your story. Doesn't have to be. Guilt we can use to change. Shame only changes us. It makes us believe that we are this bad thing. And it's part of who we are. So recognize the guilt-shame difference. You guys following me here? I love this. Choose to learn from the guilt and let go of the shame. You know what I share about in sessions with clients when it comes to shame? Shame is trash. Shame accomplishes nothing. A lot of us think that shaming ourselves when we're messing up or straying from the goals that we have is helpful. It's not helpful. It's actually very unhelpful. Let me, let me give an example. Since we're talking about drinking, I'll stay on that topic. But you can apply this to, you know, anything in your life. Let's say your goal is to not drink this month. Maybe your goal is to eat healthy this month. Maybe your goal is to exercise four times a week this month. Whatever your goal is. But I'm just going to use the example of not drinking. My goal this month is to not drink. Let's say that last night I decided to drink. Today I'm feeling shameful. Today I think that by telling myself, you did a really bad thing last night, and you're going to feel shame about drinking last night. You kind of think that the shaming is helpful because you're sort of negatively coaching yourself so that you don't do it again. You know, like you're slapping yourself on the hand. But what does shame really do in that situation? What shame really does in that situation is it perpetuates this negative feeling that you have about yourself, which is always unhelpful to accomplishing goals. When we feel confident about getting to our goals, we get to our goals. If you're telling yourself you're not going to do it or you're a failure or you are lazy or unmotivated, guess what? You're not going to get to your goals like you would if you were telling yourself that you are capable and that you will do it. So shame actually slows our progress. It makes us feel like crap about ourselves. And rather than spurring us to get back on the path that we want to be on, it keeps us off of that path longer. So if I'm feeling shame about my drinking last night, guess what? Well, now I want to drink some more to get rid of the shame feeling too, right? So shame is absolute trash. Use the guilt. Let go of the shame. Number two, some of the ways that I have been able to forgive myself or start the path toward forgiving myself for these huge mistakes, just change. Changed behavior is the best apology to my children for driving while I was intoxicated with them in the car. 
You know, something I can tell you about kids, and your mistakes may not involve your kids, they may involve adults, but, but something I love about kids and really people in general, but specifically children, they are so forgiving. They are so forgiving. When I mess up and yell at my kids or I mess up and say something to my children that's wrong, on the good days, I'll apologize, right? And here's what that sounds like. Here's the exact script. I messed up. I said something to you that was wrong and you did not deserve that. I am so sorry. Will you forgive me? I remember growing up, my mom was so good about um, apologizing to me when she hurt my feelings or did something that she didn't mean to. And you know what that did? It built my trust in her. Instead of ignoring how she'd hurt my feelings, she addressed it and she apologized and humbled herself. And that had such an impact on me as a young girl because it elevated my trust in my mom. And it made me realize she's not perfect. Adults mess up too. Now we really know that's true, right? (laughs) So just change. Just change. If you can't forgive yourself right now for yelling at your kids, just try not to today. If your huge mistake is cheating on your husband, change today. Apologize. Come clean. Break it off. If your huge mistake is ghosting that friend, even if you don't want the friendship back now, send a text. Hey, that wasn't right how I ended things, and I'm sorry. I'm sure that was really painful. Change. Apologize. Changed behavior is always the best apology. And so for me, the action that I'm already doing is better than an apology, right? The change that's already happening in my life when I decided to pause my drinking. And even if I didn't decide to pause my drinking, just being aware that I will never put myself in that situation again is better than an apology because it's changed behavior. An apology is good. An apology is words. Changing is work. And that work is my unspoken promise in action that this will never happen again. My third suggestion on how to forgive yourself for making huge mistakes is listening to your remorse. Here's that exercise I promised at the top of the episode. If you think about it, your remorse about what happened is proof that this is not who you are, that you are changing, that this is actually out of alignment with who you are. Otherwise, you wouldn't be upset about it. You know? The fact that you're upset about this is clear, hard, indisputable evidence that this is not who you are. So here's the exercise. Listen to the remorse. Write it down. Write it in a journal. Say it aloud. Call your sister. 
Get on a podcast episode and just tell people your problems like I just did. Let it out. Listen to the remorse. Listen to the despair in your words, in your heart, in your voice, in your soul when you think about what you did. And then when you hear that, realize this is the proof that your action, your horrible action, that awful mistake is not who you are. Because if it was, it would be in alignment with who you are and you wouldn't have these bad feelings about it, right? So the remorse is a signal that this isn't you. It's proof actually that this is not who you are. This huge mistake is not who you are. It's a mistake that you recognize and number four, that you learn from. Why go through all of this crap if you're not learning something from it, right? When I have clients who are in dark seasons where nothing is flowing, nothing is working, the rain clouds turned into a hurricane with a tornado, when is the sun going to come out again? Here's the question. What are you supposed to learn right now? What are you supposed to be learning right now? Learn from what happened. Grow. Yeah, that thing happened. But what did you learn? If you learned something, it's easier to forgive yourself because doesn't it seem like part of a bigger plan? Not that I think anyone planned or wanted me to drive drunk with my children home from the resort after having three Tito's club sodas with lemon with my kids. I don't think anyone planned that or wished that on my life. But now that I've done it, I can decide I am changing, I am growing, I am evolving. That's what life's all about. Is life about being perfect and never having a lesson to learn? No. Is life about sitting on your throne? No. We know there's crap behind the throne. We know everyone's made mistakes. It's part of the human experience. And if we're not changing and growing and evolving through, during, before, after those experiences, we're not truly living anyway. Life is all about growing and learning. And if nothing else, let this mistake mean something. Let it change you. Learn from it. And you know, I got to tell you, you're still here at the end of this podcast. You're still here. So maybe just sitting through this teaching alone shows that you are changing. You're open to what's next for you. You're open to learning and growing, moving forward from what happened. I believe you can. I believe you will. Remember, you made this mistake. You are not this mistake though. You did this bad thing. You are not this bad thing. Guilt says I did this bad thing. That's fine. Learn from it. Shame says I am this bad thing. 
And I'm here to tell you, you're not. You can learn from it, you can grow, you can change, you can evolve. And that's what life's all about. It's not about never messing up. It's not about never messing up. It's about learning from those mistakes and moving forward. I'm so glad we got to do this today. Listen, everybody knows word of mouth is the best advertising. So if you liked what you heard, follow, share, leave a review. And there's so much more where that came from. Go to shejustglows.com to read words of encouragement and inspiration that you just might need today. There you'll also learn about my work as a life coach and how we can work together. My publications have been viewed more than 4 million times by moms around the world. We have such an amazing community. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and well, that's all I got right now. I've decided I'm too old for TikTok. Remember, you've got this. You are enough. I'll see you next time. And until then, you glow girl.